0: Hello, and welcome to the Brookwood Church Ministries podcast. My name is Kevin Nunnery, and I'm the high school pastor here at Brookwood. This message was recorded at one of the breakout sessions during our phase event. The purpose of this event is to recognize every life stage of your child's development is critical in their spiritual upbringing. During this podcast, Melinda and Peter Barth will be discussing authentic faith in the lives of students of all ages. Also on our podcast, you can find other breakout sessions from the phase conference that address topics such as sexual integrity and technology.
1: All right, so welcome to Authentic Faith. Hope everybody had a good lunch. Try not to fall asleep. Um, So before we get started, we want to say that, um, well, I'm Melinda and this is Peter Barth. Um, We are by no means experts on this topic. We just happen to be the people that JC asked to teach this session, so here we are. Um, We're gonna share some of our stories and some things that we we really truly do believe in. Um, And we're very passionate about this subject, Um, but we're very much in the journey with you.
0: Cool, so I'm Peter. Um, Can you hear me, am I on? All right, good. So we're a little bit about us just before we dive in. So um, we've been married 20 years. We have five kids uh, between five and 14. Um, I run a business um, and I've been serving in family ministry for four years as a small group leader uh, with our oldest son through Switch and Access.
1: I stay home with the kids. Uh, We're homeschooling some of them. And I've been serving in family ministry for nine years. So this year I'm a small group leader for a daughter who's a fifth grade girl, uh, and hopefully I'll be with them for the next, well, I guess that's seven more years. Um, but the eight years before that, I served in high school ministry, and for five of those years, I was on staff with student ministry, which is fifth through twelfth grade. Oh. Okay, so what is authentic faith? So the definition for authentic is genuine or real. Oh, um, get out your timelines. Sorry, these are in your packet. This is our handout. You can take notes in the margin or on the back. Okay, so authentic faith. The definition for authentic is genuine or real. And the definition for faith is a complete trust or confidence in something or someone. So our goal here is to develop in our kids of genuine, real, complete trust and confidence in Christ and who Christ has called them to be. The key for this whole journey is that you're pursuing this for your kid, with your kid, and for yourself. It's not going to work if this is just something that you're trying to to do for your kids or get them to do if you are not doing it too. You guys have to be pursuing authentic faith for yourselves the whole way through. Cool.
0: Um, And as we walk through these four phases, um, there's a couple kind of recurring themes. So we just wanna call attention to those kind of uh, here at the beginning, at the end. Um, But kind of four takeaways. So speaking biblical truth, um, that kind of varies through the different phases, Um, but modeling it and doing it together Um, service, uh, and prayer. So we'll see those kind of in each phase, uh, different stages, and it looks a little different, but those are kind of the four recurring themes. So uh, the first section uh, here, the insight wonder uh, on your handout. Uh, So birth to four years this section covers. um, And kind of the analogy they have here is they think like an artist. So they blend reality and imagination uh, and learn best through their senses in this phase. Uh, they're discovering the world, so everything is new and interesting. See, you don't have to be amazing. <laughs> it's all new. It's all different. Um, uh, embrace their physical needs um, so they know uh, God's love and meet God's family. Um, in this phase, again, we work on laying a foundation that establishes patterns um, that support and uphold uh, your priorities uh, for the goals for your family um, and for your kids as they move out of your house. Um and create a rhythm uh, or way of doing life uh, that provides a framework for the future.
1: Okay, so the first one on there is zero to one. I feel like I'm way louder than you. Okay, so we wanna pray for them, and we want to pray aloud while you are with them. And really the key here is that this is really about you. Um, Pretty much everything in this section is about you starting to build habits because they're not going to remember anything that you do from zero to one, right? Other than embracing their needs and developing that attachment and all that um, good baby stuff. You need to get into the practice of doing these things. So praying for them um, was extremely overwhelming for me. I wasn't sure what to pray for my kids. Um, So I found a book called The Power of a Praying Parent. Uh, It comes in a much bigger version, um, if if that works for you. But it's by Stormy Omardian. uh, And she walks you through prayers for your kids that will cover their whole lives. Um, And as I was going through it, and even continue to go through it um, again every few years, there are things in here that I think, oh my gosh, I didn't know we could pray for that. Lord, I'm praying that for me, and then I'm going to pray for my kids. Um, So this is an awesome book if in any way you wonder what to pray for your kids. Okay, we're also going to sing faith songs with them. Um, I didn't grow up learning all of those songs. I think I knew Jesus loves me, but that's about it. Um, So again, I went looking for resources, um, and really it doesn't, like the name of this one doesn't particularly matter because this was like 15 years ago, and it, came with a CD, and I put it in the car, and we play everything on our little devices now. But I got something that worked for me. So all the um, lyrics to all those songs were in here, and we would listen to it in the car, and then I could sing those songs when I was feeding them and changing their diapers, and, you know, just starting to build that habit of praising Jesus with your songs. And the good news is, they don't care if you can't sing, (laughs) Okay, and then the last one here, this is a really important one. This is when, if you're not already connected with a faith community, you need to get connected. And because you now have this tiny infant in your hands, look for a community that is going to support both of you. So you want a place where you can grow and learn over the years. Find out what they have for the kids, right? How, how are they going to support your kid to help them to grow and learn over the years? And how are they going to help you parent your kid through that? Um, you need a place where you can get connected with a community. Well, your kid's going to need to get connected with a community of their peers. So, you know, you're holding a baby and you're just going to, you know, zero, take them to the nursery and bless those wonderful people who will hold your baby so you can go to church without them. But ask questions about what that community looks like for those kids as they get older. Uh, And then you need a place where you can give and serve. Your kids are gonna need that too. So ask questions. How can the kids, how can the older kids serve in this church? Oh, this is me again. Okay, so one and two. So now you can be reading the Bible stories to them. Um, We love the Jesus Storybook Bible, um, and we'll have these up here if you guys want to come take pictures of them when we're done. We love this one in particular. Um, it tells the story—the story of the whole Bible, the Old Testament all the way to the end of the New Testament—as um, as the story of Christ. Um, but it is very much, you know, preschool, um, young elementary. Illustrated Bible stories. So you can start reading those. Um, but we believe in reading those in the context of everyday life. So everything in this section really should be done in everyday normal life. Read to them every day. And sometimes you're reading Bible stories and sometimes you're reading Clifford, but you're reading to them and uh, even singing those Bible songs. And, you know, all of that just needs to blend right into. Sunday afternoon after you leave church, all the way through the week till you come back Sunday morning, so that it is very much coloring every hour of every day and every day of every week. All right, repeat basic truths. So um, you can say things like, God made me. This is where you can already start to lean into that faith community, that church that you've joined. Um, to support both of you, because this is what they do. They teach biblical truth to kids at every stage. They're experts, right? So if you're trying to figure out what's the right kind of biblical truth for this age group, what's my kid gonna be able to grasp? Go ask them. They would love to talk to you about it. Uh, And then you'll start to answer faith questions. So little kids ask really big questions, What matters here most is the pattern that you develop. They come to you with their questions. You hear them, right? You really listen to them. And then you talk through it with them. You can give easy answers here, right? Especially to a two-year-old. But my advice for you is remember the pattern, right? You need to develop that. And two, if I were you, I would write down those questions because they're coming back, those kids are going to get to middle school and they're going to ask the exact same questions and your cute little answer isn't going to work anymore. So it's kind of like God gives you a warning. Start figuring out how you might actually answer these questions for real with a really good answer so that when they come up again, you're ready.
0: All right. So three and four. Um, So a number of things we're going to do here. Uh, And so again, we're just kind of progressing similar concepts that we've already done, but so encourage them to pray. So we've been praying for them. Uh, and at this stage, you know, we want to start having them pray. Um, but this is, we have kind of two options here. We've got the very simple, you know, um, you know short rhyming kind of prayers that they can kind of take and they pray. Um, or you can go into kind of copy me. So, you know, I'll say four words and you say those and then I'll say the next four words and you say them. Um, but just, again, we're just starting to build that foundation of, hey, prayer is something that we do. Uh, both as a family, but that you need to do. So you're going to participate in this activity. Um, And then prompt them to share and to help. So again, this is, again, laying a foundation for service later. Um, So at this age, I mean, you might be ambitious and take them out and feed the hungry or something like that. But this really basics here is, you know, share. So toys with siblings and those kind of things and helping out your mom and dad around the house. Um, Again, this is just the foundational level stuff here, but that they should participate in these kind of things. And this is very kind of one-on-one at this point, Um, but we will then take these things outside the home um, as they they get older. Um, And then repeat simple Bible verses. So you may get to some memorization here, but this may just be repeating. Um, So I'm gonna say it and you're gonna say it, kind of like the prayer. And we're just gonna get into that habit of you may not be able to read yet here, but we're gonna go ahead and and do this uh, in an oral fashion. Um, and this is really the, the age where they can, they can, the early, first stages of starting to own their own faith, right? So this is, they've been just completely observing, uh, now we're going to get them participating, uh, and then as they get older, we're going to transfer that to, to ownership. So we're setting that expectation. All right, so me again. So, uh, or this is the overview of the next section. So, um, the next phase is kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, and this, session, this section or phase is called Provoke Discovery. Um, and so the um, analogy here is, so the previous phase was thinking like artists, um, and now it's thinking like scientists. So they want to see how things are working and learn, uh, they learn the best through concrete evidence. Um, and our, our goal in this phase is to engage their interests so they will trust God's character. Uh, and we, I think one of the best ways we can do this, and we'll see this uh, through each um, uh, year or section in this phase um, is to explore the Bible. So we're gonna work on, you're working through the Bible um, both uh, in kind of a story format as well as reference. Uh, and we'll, we'll tackle those in the diff- each different phase.
1: And another thing, uh, goal here is to help them experience God's family. So one of the things that we've done with our kids in elementary school is we've been very intentional about um, building and encouraging and supporting friendships for our kids with other kids whose parents are doing what we're doing, pursuing an authentic faith for themselves and for their kids. So, so this is an, uh, uh, um, a phase where we would um, encourage you to be intentional about that. All right, kindergarten and first grade. So we're continuing to repeat the basic truths here. Um, as they get older, you know, the truths get a little more complex. Um, Again, I would just encourage you to lean into your children's ministry um, and ask them for help with this if you have um, any questions about it. Here's where we recommend purchasing a kid's Bible. Okay, so this is a full-text version. It's in a, a, I guess they call it a kid-friendly translation. Uh, It definitely has pictures and Okay, but a kindergartner and a first grader, at least ours, yeah, they can't read this, right? And certainly can't make sense of it. So while this is theirs, right, and you're handing it to them so that they can take ownership of it, you're still very much exploring it together. Um, and because there are so many things in here, in addition to just the verses, we really encourage you to start exploring it. Um, oh, I think I jumped ahead a slide. Okay, we're going to get to that on the next slide. Uh, We also have, for our kids, uh, a storybook Bible that is uh, written on the the reading level of a kindergartner or first grader, because they want to participate, right? And they want to be able to read it for themselves. So um, it's intentional that we got this grade level, you know, so we have both, and, and we have both going on, so... And we can explore this one together and they can read this one to us.
0: All right. So second and third grade. Um, So at this point, uh, and we've, you know, up till now, we've been reading the Bible together. Um, We've probably been more focused on those storybook kind of Bibles until this point. Uh, But now this is where that full text, uh, but kid-friendly version uh, comes into play. So one of the things we want to work on in second and third grade is kind of we've been focused really on the story aspect of this, but it's starting to turn it into a reference as well. So one of the things I think to be intentional about here is to use uh, the additional tools, the index or a concordance or those kind of things for when you have that question, how do we find that in the Bible? This is a big, huge book, and where do we find that? So working through that together in addition to just reading the story. Um, at this stage, second and third grade, and it varies you know, for your kids and your family, but um, this is where you want to start sharing the story of when you first trusted Jesus. Uh, And so this is really kind of making it personal. So this is something we've been doing, uh, but now you're going to demonstrate that. Hopefully you've been doing that in your actions. You know, Verbally, we're going to actually communicate that this is my faith and this is how it happened for me. Um, And again, setting an example for we expect that um, or that is a step that you will take individually. Um, You're not just going to default to what mom and dad do. Um, And then provide opportunities to serve friends and family. Um, and so this would be kind of the next step in the service aspect. And so again, this may not be kind of, you know, serving at church. You you may do that as well, but this could be something as easy. So, uh, we use chores in our house, but it's not just making your bed and cleaning your toys. There are chores that are for the whole family. So it's setting the table and cleaning up dinner and helping, you know, with dishes. And it's, so again, in a nice, you know, tight setting that we're starting service, but we are serving the other individuals in our house not just you know, taking care of our own things. Um, and again, that's just enforcing that pattern of, we take action, we serve, um, and it, here in the not too distant future from here, we're gonna go ahead and go outside and start to serve others in our community or at our church. Um, and again, really, I think the emphasis for this uh, age group is building practices at home that the kids will then take into the world with them as we move forward. All right,
1: fourth and fifth grade. So this is the end of elementary. So now you're praying for them while you are with them and you're asking them how you can pray for them, um, presumably when they're not with you. Here is where I like to start um, pointing out ways that I can see God working in their lives. And those prayer requests are very tangible way to do that for them, right? They've asked you to pray for my test today. So then when they come home, I follow up on that. And then I can point out where I can see God working based on those prayer requests. Um, It's it's just not obvious to them. And it might be so obvious to you that you don't think about saying it, um, but start looking for it and then start speaking it. They need to hear it from you. Uh, Memorize scripture together. This is one of those areas where your actions are going to speak louder than your words, even though this is actually about words. If you take the time to memorize scripture with them, they'll start to understand how important it is to you. So I would encourage you to do that together. Uh, And then just share more of your personal faith stories. So this is another one where you can start to um, maybe tell a story of something that might relate to what they're going through and how that uh, your faith applied to you in that situation. And then you can start to point out areas where you can see where their faith could be applicable um, to their everyday life. So you might see them struggling in their friendships and start to talk about how they can apply their faith and what they've learned about what God says about friendships to that situation. Uh, And then talk about how the 66 books of the Bible connect to tell one story. So this is why we love that Jesus storybook Bible, because that's what it does uh, for preschoolers. And then as we've been in early elementary school, we've kind of established the Bible as a a book of reference. You know, it has the index and the dictionary at the end and all kinds of stuff in the middle, lots of numbers. And um, This is where you kind of bring that whole thing full circle again. And you help them understand that even though there are these 66 books by these 40 different authors, and it was written over all these many years, it really is one story from beginning to end um, about Jesus. Okay, so the next phase is middle school. Everybody loves middle school, right? No. So the, so the, our goal here <laughs> is to uh, continue to provoke their discovery Um, And we want to start to affirm their personal journey. So in this phase, they think like an engineer. They're starting to construct new thoughts. Uh, They're shifting from abstract or concrete thinking into abstract thinking, right? So that new thought thing is really big for them. Uh, And they will learn best by trial and error which is infuriating to us parents, but that's how they learn, trial and error. Um, Okay, so our one suggestion for this whole phase that's not on your timeline is that you be very intentional about having fun with your kid in this phase. So this is when they're scowling at you, all of your questions are answered with one word, they don't even wanna talk to you, let alone look at you. In this phase, figure out what they have fun doing and then you go do it with them for no other reason. Just have fun. That one thing, consistently, regularly, all the way through middle school, will pay dividends on your relationship like nothing else.
0: All right, so we'll dive into the years here. So sixth grade, um, so this is where we kind of take service uh, outside of the house and into our community. So this is an ideal time to find opportunity both uh, in the church or in the community to start serving others. Uh, and again, we're gonna do that together. Uh, so we're gonna model that for them. We're gonna find the opportunities. Um, there may be an opportunity that they do that with other adults uh, at church, or we may go do that uh, community service kind of projects. But this will be that, that really kind of first time uh, that we take them outside of the house and really intentionally focus on service. Um, so in sixth grade, um, and again, every kid varies. This could be a year early, a year later, but. Um, don't be shocked by hard questions. So, again, they're switching from that concrete to I have to kind of form my own ideas. Um, so they may have lots of difficult questions. And I think we'll see this in sixth, seventh, and eighth throughout this phase um, where it's I'm starting to put different things together. Like I heard this at school and I heard this at Cub Scouts and I heard this at church and how do these things go together? Um, and they'll ask difficult questions. So, um, it's okay to say, I don't know, uh, but let's go figure that out together. Uh, that's actually a really great response. Um, what's not great here in these phases is to go back to those preschool kind of answers, right? Jesus shouldn't be the answer for all of these. I mean, he is, but it, it can't be that one word. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so this is where you need to work through those. Um, and this, again, this is where those questions come back from their toddler years. Um, so resources, So as we're going through here, and I, these will apply to 6th, 7th, and 8th, but some of these may be intimidating. Uh, some of them might not be. But there are lots of great books on, like, questions. Um, so this is one we've personally liked. Uh, it's R.C. Sproul. Uh, now, that's a good question. It's just a whole bunch of s- a series of questions that are pretty typical, um, either for kids or new Christians. And what does the Bible say about those things? But it's a Q&A kind of format, so it's an easy reference. Um, this is much more intimidating, but we've both found this really useful, but systematic theology um, this you have to dedicate a lot of time for, but it's a great reference. Like, you're going to get difficult questions if you don't get them in sixth grade. They're coming. Um, So this is actually a great place to, you know, what do I believe? And again, this is one of those, like, if you're not doing it, like, that's going to be super transparent and it doesn't work just for them. Like, you actually have to have uh, things you believe and why do you believe those? Um, So that's a great resource. And then a couple others, uh, Heaven for Kids um, is a good resource. And... The essential Bible companion and they're both they're, they're kind of explaining broader concepts um, across you know multiple books and and how do you do kind of question and answers um, and again those will all be up here if you want to come look at them afterwards um, this is a stage where you should um, share about some of your own doubts and struggles because um, they're going through those things the so questioning why do you know I've learned this all through church but you know why um, and so share some of those own struggles and how you get through those where do you go the Bible's a resource and and how do you get answers? Um, and then this is, again, we're setting, again, priorities for kind of when they go out on their own. Um, so this is uh, several years in advance here, but setting, uh, making a weekly small group of priority. Um, if that's something you want to, for them to establish when they leave your house, like we need to instill this pattern now um, so that we can do this four or five years together before they're out on their own. Um, so prioritizing that um, and finding that, again, at your church and your faith community. Um, and then purchase a youth Bible, um, but actually don't do that for them, do it with them. So take them, you know, to the store and look through them and pick them out. But this is going to more be like a study Bible. Um, so it's probably less pictures and illustrations, but explanations on what's the context? When, this, when was this book of the Bible written? Who wrote it? Why did they write it? You know, it's got lots of those kind of things that explain, you know, verses uh, that they might not be able to understand on their own. All right, then we move to seventh and eighth grade. Uh, so prayer, um, and again, every year, that's a good idea, but especially middle school, uh, pray for them, even if they don't pray with you. Um, ask questions that help them personalize their faith. Again, we're, just, we're, we're moving towards, they need to start owning their faith. This can't just be mom and dad believe that, so I believe it too. They have to have the why, um, so they start to own that and can take it with them. Um, and, it, and this is, I think, is a great opportunity to bring together secular education and our biblical or or scriptural uh, learnings, but tie those things together. I mean, the kids are, at this stage, are smart enough that they know, if I'm learning about the earth is 6 billion years old, you know, at school and at church, they told me it was 6,000 years old, like something's wrong uh, and they have to make decisions or you have to help weave the things together on where the possibilities that these things can align, or, or those types of things you have to address. They can't just be in isolation because um, at some point they're going to have to pick. Um, so transfer um, from mom and dad believe was believe starting here. I don't remember what that bullet point is. Uh, it's
1: just the idea that, and you've already said it, okay. where th- this is starting to become their own, right?
0: Yeah, so they have the all yeah. it, yeah.
1: Embrace it right? Embrace those hard questions and those scary things where you might think they're walking away. They're not walking away. They're asking the questions that will make it theirs. So embrace it.
0: Um, so small groups. So sixth grade, we've kind of uh, looked for that and got plugged in a small group, but really reinforcing small group participation and prioritization that you know, we don't let, you know, football and baseball and those kind of things get, and become an excuse of why you can't do small groups at church. You know, this, they're in the stage where it's transferring from mom and dad being the most important to their peer group being at least equally important or maybe more important. So having a peer group that can reinforce your core beliefs is really important at this stage. Um, And again, hopefully at this stage, the pattern work you did in elementary is paying off, that this is not a huge fight because we've been doing these things every week for uh, up until this point. Um, But again, we wanna lock in these patterns so they take them with them later.
1: Okay. High school. Yeah, scary, right? How many, raise your hand in here if you have a high schooler already. Okay, all right. Well, I'm so sorry. You've probably been sleeping for the past half hour. But yay for you, because you made it this far. Um, Okay, so high school, our goal here is to fuel their passion. Um, We want to mobilize their potential so that they will continue and, and keep pursuing authentic faith and discover a personal mission. High schoolers can get fired up about some stuff. Um, And and our goal then is going to be to get them fired up about Jesus and who he's called them to be and what he's calling them to do. So that's what we're calling a personal mission. Um, You want to help them to discover that, and then you want to fuel that fire. So I want to caution you here because if you've lived long enough to have a high schooler, you already know that life's been hard enough that when they come to you all excited and they're going to go change the world and they can't wait to go you know, tackle this huge big problem but they've got it all figured out and they're just going to go, 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 your gut is going to say... Okay, let's let's calm down. Let's take a deep breath. You know that's not really how life works. Let's let's be more realistic about this, right? But we're calling realistic what might be a jaded perspective on the world because of all we've been through, uh, and and if we're honest with ourselves, maybe our passion is burned out. And so we can throw fire on what God has intended for them to use for his glory. So when they come to you, if this works, if you fuel their passion and they figure out who they are and who God's called them to be and they're ready to go do it, I would encourage you to get on board with them. Let their fire reignite your passion and go with it. The world's going to beat them down. You know it. You know it. So you be the one who encourages them. Okay, in this phase, they think like a philosopher, they want to discover meaning, and they will learn best by processing out loud. They may not be processing it out loud with you, right? They may be talking to their friends, but that's what they're doing. They're talking through everything, trying to figure out what it all means. This is when your faith practices, your personal faith practices, and and your faith is going to be under a microscope because they think like a philosopher. So they're gonna turn it right back around on you. If you're encouraging them to you know, do their devotionals and study their Bible and pray and all of those things, they're gonna be looking at you to see if you're doing it. Is it real for you? Because if it's not real for you, mom and dad, I'm not real sure it really matters. We would encourage you to be intentional here about helping them discover who God created them to be. Um, so I didn't know how to do that. So I went and found some resources because that's my thing. Um, so there are lots of them out there, right? So this one is the five love languages of children. Um, you, could, you could use this book as a resource in all kinds of ways. But as you're helping a kid figure out who they are and who God created them to be, helping them understand how they um, receive and give love is just one of those little things, right? So just start exploring all the different aspects of who they are. Um, there's a book called Wired That Way, and it comes with this handy little um, survey thing you could do with them, kind of help them figure out um, how they work. Um, And then this is one um, that we're doing with our middle schoolers right now uh, called the Strengths Explorer. And again, it's just this little survey thing you can do online, and it comes back and tells them what their strengths are. Um, If you promise not to tell my son Charlie... Uh, his number one strength came back, much to my chagrin, uh, competing. <laughs> That's his number one strength. He gets that from his dad. But so the good news is that it, it comes with, um, you know, some, an explanation of, you know, how do you use that? What do you do with that strength, right? Um, so there's all kinds of stuff out there. So just the point is, you know, find it. Spend four years trying to figure out who they are. All right, ninth grade. Okay, this is big. Like, this is really big. Okay? If you have a preschooler and you're, like, tuning out right now, wake up. If you parent all the way up to high school, knowing what's coming in high school, you will make choices along the way that will help you out here in high school. So pay attention. Here at the beginning of ninth grade, beginning of high school, get them connected to their faith community. It's pretty common in our culture, whether you're at this church or another one, that there's a separate ministry for high schoolers. Get them plugged in. If you hope that when they leave your home, they get connected to a faith community on their own, this is your practice run. And you get to do it with them. And so when they get there, whether it's four years down the road or further down the road, when they leave your home, because we hope they leave your home... (laughs) They've got this example, this practice run in their back pocket to go back to, I've done this before, I can do this again. You go with them, you get them, well, don't walk them through the doors, they probably won't like that. Get them to the doors, right? Get them plugged into a faith community. You might face some resistance here. It may not be right there at the beginning of ninth grade, um, and really might is not the right word. You will face some resistance here over the next four years, at some point, your kid's going to say, I don't want to go anymore. And it might be, uh, my friends aren't going. It's boring. It's dumb. Nobody's going. Everybody says it's dumb. Whatever. Your kid's going to say it. This is where you lean back into all of those patterns and rhythms that you've established. And you go, but this is who we are. This is how we do life. We're part of a church. We're part of a faith community. And we participate in small groups. This is us. You also need to get them intentionally plugged into a small group here. If there's a small group leader who's going to show up every week and pour into your kid for the next four years, find out who they are and love them. Going into high school these days for these kids, every day they leave your home, really they go into a battlefield, particularly if they are attempting to follow Jesus. And so at some point, they will walk through fire. And I wish that that wasn't true, but it is. And you don't know when it's coming, and you don't know what it's going to look like. But if your kid is in a faith community of their peers who are also attempting to follow Jesus and they're connected to a small group leader who loves them and wants for them what you want for them, then when the fire shows up, they're not alone. And you as parents aren't alone, right? They've got this support community who will walk through that fire with you. But you have to get them plugged in right here at the beginning. Okay, ninth grade. We want to empower them to serve weekly in the church community. So research shows that kids who stay connected to church after high school are kids who served in high school in their church. So find a way, remember, you asked these questions back when they were teeny tiny little babies. If they're not already serving in your church, find a way for them to start serving. Honestly, I don't think it matters what it is. If they're a great greeter, get them greeting. If they're great with preschoolers, have them serving in the preschool area. Wherever it is, whatever it looks like, get them serving. Okay, and encourage their devotional habits. So here is where... Oh, hey, there's a book on sticky faith. <laughs> okay. Uh, Helping them discover how they best connect with God. If you haven't already figured it out, I highly recommend um, that you figure out how you best connect to God. We don't all connect to him the same way. Um, And that's a good thing, and that's a real thing. Like You can own that and take a deep breath of relief um, and figure out what works for you. Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas um, is a great book for that. Uh, and then when you figure out what works for you you can help your kid figure out what works for them it's another piece in that puzzle of helping them understand who god created them to be and what he's calling them to do
0: all right 10th grade um, so we're nearing this this uh, time when they're transitioning out you know into the into the world so yeah you know, we we have very limited time left at this point uh, 10th 11th and 12th so that's kind of the underlying theme behind all of these is they need to own this stuff. They need to take it with them. So that, that's our focus. So uh, be transparent um, here in 10th grade. So when you struggle, um, you know, things you're struggling with, you, n- you need to be transparent with them. Uh, talk through the ups and downs and how you get through those. You know, what do you do to get through? Do you talk with another individual? Do you have an accountability par- partner? Do you do a daily devotional? Like, what are the things you do to get through these ups and downs? What? Um, Welcome questions. So again, you're having regular communication. Hopefully, we've got enough of a pattern established at this point where they're willing to still you know, talk to you about these things. Um, so welcome those questions. Please don't shut them down at this point. Um, this is the opportunity for them to own it. So they're going to need to work through those questions. Again, this shouldn't necessarily be like you just spoon feeding the answer. Like they need to work through so that they own the question. Um, So that's going to be our goal around answering these questions is to really reinforce ownership, Um, encourage them with scriptural habits. Again, so depending on the patterns you've already established, but really encouraging them to keep those and maintain those through the rest of high school Um, and demonstrate grace, love, and forgiveness. So again, this is where our actions are going to speak way louder than our words at this point, especially at the way they're thinking, you know, we really are under a microscope at here. If you, you know, come home and you vent about work and you, you know, you hate the guy in the next cubicle and, you know, those kind of things, they will see that and say, that is not what we talk about, you know, in church or about the Bible or like, you have to be consistent. You can't have a separate work life and a separate home life. Like it's one thing and they're viewing all of it. And so if, if you're trying to live two different ways, um, it's transparent and it will erode their foundation for, for going forward. Um, I think that's it for that.
1: All right, 11th grade. So you've got two years left. Pack it in. (laughs) All right, so um, here you can be encouraging them to participate in a mission trip. So you've been serving together all along, and this is where they can take that independent step and go serve on their own. Talk about how you've seen God at work in their life. So you've been doing that, right? Just continue to do that. Um, And remember again that, you know, when they're leaving home every morning and going into school, especially if in 11th grade, if they're still truly, genuinely trying to follow Jesus, it's like they got a target on them every step they take in that building. They're fighting to be who God's called them to be. So when they get home, you just fill them up with all the encouragement you can muster. Fill them up. Point out the things that are really obvious to you because it won't be obvious to them. Um, about how God's working in their life and, and just continue to talk about that personal mission that God has for them. Here you need to be intentional about solidifying who they are and who God created them to be. There's enough of a challenge in leaving home and figuring out how do I survive in this great, big, scary world. You want them to tackle that already knowing who I am. You don't want them to go out there and let the world help them figure out who they are.
0: Just just before you get to 12th, one quick note on mission trips. So um, every church does them a little bit differently, but growing up, I went on an international mission trip each year of high school. Um, And I think they're a really interesting opportunity if, if, if you can figure it out financially and you may go together, you may go separately. But it is just like ninth grade is kind of your last opportunity for you to do it together to, to get into a new faith community and figure out those relationships. Like this is, could be a test run for them kind of going out of their own, but they still come back. Uh, whereas the next time you send them out, you know, they're, they're out uh, and they're probably uh, out of their own. So it does a couple different things. It gets them outside of your bubble. If you haven't been able to travel a lot as a family, you're going to a different part of the world or a different part of the country if it's a domestic one and just seeing different people, different circumstances, and then how does my faith interact in this situation? And then be able to come back home and talk about that. Like, it's a huge thing. I think if you can figure out how to make it, make it work in high school for you, like, it's one of those things I think will stick with them when they then are taking those steps on their own for the very first time. I move to a new city or college or those kind of things. It's, I've done this before, I can do it again.
1: All right, 12th grade. So now is when you can start asking them about how you can pray for their future. And that does a couple things. That acknowledges uh, that it's their future, right? And that they have a future. Um, They're asking in this phase, what will I do? What will I do after high school? What will I do with the rest of my life? What will I do? Um, And so the goal for you is to help them create a vision. Help them have a vision of what comes next. And then talk about the role of a local faith community. So if, they're, if you know they're getting ready to move out of your home especially, um, and you know they're gonna have to get connected on their own, just start talking through it, right? So that it feels normal to them, they feel prepared for it, um, and remind them as much as you can, especially when they get there and, and they have to you know, figure it out for themselves, but just remind them, you did this. Right In ninth grade, there was a whole new ministry. You got plugged in. I didn't go with you. You've been there. You've done that. You can do this again. Remember, this is who we are. This is how we do life. Okay. Now we get to wrap up. Is this your slide or mine? Yours. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the goal for this whole thing, right, authentic faith, is that we would grow in our kids a genuine trust and confidence in Christ. And the key is that while you are pursuing it with them and for them, you're developing it in yourself as well. Um, I didn't bring it. I didn't bring my favorite book. It didn't fit in anywhere, so I'm throwing it in here. You're gonna have to write it down because I don't have it. It's called Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. I love it. I don't care what age your kid is, read it. Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. I think that's
0: all. Yeah. So yeah. Just to repeat kind of those those themes throughout this. So at every stage, you know, the, the kind of commonality between all of them. So speaking biblical truth, right? And that varies between reading it or speaking it or uh, memorizing it. Uh, model in ourselves, you know, the actions we want to see in our kids and do it together um, so that they actually get on the same kind of taking those actions. Service, again, it varies at all different levels, but but serving is really key, and I don't think Melinda mentioned it, but that Sticky Faith book, that was the book that talked about that service and and making their faith sticky, uh, and prayer, uh, whether we're praying for them or with them or they're doing it, um, but really throughout the whole stage, uh, prayer. If you have any questions about this message, you can reach us at our email, students at brookwoodchurch.org. If you have children of other ages, be sure to listen to our other podcasts labeled with the corresponding age group. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.